0: Good morning everyone, thank you for joining me. It's a rainy day in Lexington, Kentucky, which is very welcome. We haven't had any rain in I don't even know how long, two or three weeks or more. It's quite unusual for here, so a lot of the tail fescue outside is brown. So today's rain might help us a little bit. I had a good time yesterday talking to my wife, Dr. Luciana Shattuck's, about the hierarchy of evidence. And one thing I learned yesterday, I didn't realize that was part of the hierarchy is that, um, if you don't get, if you get a chance, go back and go back and watch that if you haven't watched it already, but it talks about the various, you know, hierarchies of evidence and how to prioritize information and so forth. Hey, Gray. Um, is that only counts as it been if it's been published. I didn't realize that. So um, I think that's critical even for scientists to understand that you can do all the randomized controlled trials you want. Um, but if you don't publish it, it's the evidentiary equivalent of opinion. So I thought that was, to me, that was interesting. So if you have someone um, presenting information saying, you know, we have a database and we're, um, collecting data and these are the results and these are the averages. And we did a randomized trial and we found this and so forth. If they didn't publish it, I didn't realize that that's, that's just an opinion in terms of the evidentiary confidence you would have in it. I mean, that's very little, very little confidence. I didn't realize that. So publish your data publish your results guys (laughs) then we can start talking about it um i don't know who runs the lawn resistance here in the chat i don't I'm i'm sorry i don't know your name but is that austin texas that you're in no rain in austin since may it says in the chat i wonder if that's austin texas which is one of my favorite little towns in texas if it is it's the um see see if they uh Give me some input on whether that's austin texas or not before i go further but anyway austin texas yes okay austin texas is the city that they let the governor live in but it doesn't seem to fit in texas (laughs) it's the it's the get naked and go through town on a parade city in texas really is what it is so um it's very, it has a very different culture and environment than many of the other parts of Texas. So um, I've been there once or twice, and uh, there's a major association that's founded and structured in Austin, Texas that I, that I enjoy um, keeping track of. So um, <clears throat> so yeah, it's a unique town for sure in Texas. So uh, thanks for joining me, guys. Looney, Lawn Resistance Gray. We're going to go over some potassium stuff today. Um, falls coming up. Whether you're in warm season grass, as you are in Austin, Texas, or warm season area, as you are in Austin, Texas, or you're in cool season, we're going to try to cut. Co- we've been covering some of that uh, information. Cool season grasses, as well as warm season grasses. So today, we're going to be talking about this this paper: Tifway Bermuda grass response to potassium fertilization. We've we've discussed a little bit of N decay ratios. Um, talked a little bit about that. We're going to continue to talk about that um, most of this week. Not indicate, but potassium and fall fertility and so forth. Um, today we're talking about this paper. Um, this paper was this study was conducted in Gainesville, Florida. But as always, before we get going, <clears throat> we're going to try to show you how to go find this paper, if I can do it. Let's see here, internet. So this. I would just go to Google Scholar. Let, let's, you, obviously, you know the title is Tifway Bermuda Grass Response. So it's easy to type that in, but I'm assuming you don't know the title, right? So you're in, you know, St. Augustine Grass World or Bermuda World, and you're seeing all these fertilizers with potassium in, and you're wondering, well, do I even need that potassium? So what would you search is the question. What words would you use to find it? And what I would use is something like Bermuda Grass Response to Potassium or you know should i apply potassium to bermuda grass or something like that so let's do that bermuda grass response to potassium and see what comes up well that's the first one that comes up so let's <laughs> let's try another one that was that was i guess too easy let's type um uh apply applied potassium to bermuda let's try something a little less uh easy i don't know easy well it still comes up okay tiff gray all right so that, that's just an example of how to find it I'm, i just got lucky i guess or whatever but this is how you can find this paper tiff gray tiffway grass response to potassium fertilization so if you want to know some information about you know um let's see if i can oh you can't see that i'm I'm still working on the my uh my logistics here how to figure all this stuff out how to there we go okay Tiffway grass response, potassium fertilizer, the very first one that pops up on Google Scholar when you search that. So, um, so if you want to have greater confidence in the information you're receiving, I would highly encourage you to go, you know, use the scientific literature just to start with at least and see, see what you can find. So this is how you would find it. If I click on this, it's going to come, oh, it comes straight to, okay. So it comes, it comes straight to crop science. And you can read the abstract, right? And this is going to be behind a paywall, I can guarantee you. So, but you can read the abstract and come up with some basic information, uh, some some take-home messages. And if we read through here, you can. The first sentence usually is like, "Why is this important?" The next two or three sentences is what they did, and then you get down to um to like the results, couple of sentences of the results, and uh, you'll see. Let's let's see. Let I start here. Bermuda grass sh- shoot growth rate and tissue K concentrations were increased by potassium fertilization up to this rate. There was no additional increase in either either of those parameters regardless of the K level applied. So basically what he's saying in the abstract is the shoot growth rate and the tissue concentration went up up to this point. But as he applied more and more, you didn't see any increases. Turfgrass quality and root weight were not influenced by potassium application. And if you remember one of the early videos I did, when I talked about the, the, the sort of the, the review paper on potassium, I talked about generally what you'll find in the literature is nothing really happens when you apply potassium. You don't really see a lot of positive results from potassium usually. Um, and so this is another paper that's going to show that apparently turf grass quality and root weight were not influenced by K application. And if there's one thing you have to ask yourself, what is important to you in turf grass? in terms of like your lawn or your clients or your fairway or your football field or whatever, w- what is, what do you want? Most people will say green and no weeds. Okay. Well, if that's the pro that, that's your priority, then no weeds is an issue that can be resolved with uh, herbicides. Um, but green is just a component of color and a component of quality. It's just color and the component of quality. So if that's all your priority is, and it says here in the abstract turf grass quality was not influenced by potassium application, then you can walk away just with that alone, if if that's your priority, quality, with some confidence, we're going to go in more information so you know what the setting was, but with some confidence that in this particular setting, applying potassium didn't increase uh, turf grass quality. Okay, there was no benefit to applying it. If quality is your priority, then this would be some evidence or some information that, might encourage you to reduce the potassium or even eliminate the potassium if that's your priority okay if your priority is you know some other factor like tissue k I don't, I don't know why that you would really want to do that but if that was it then the results up here says tissue k concentrations were increased by potassium up to this point okay so you have to ask yourself what is your priority what are you trying to achieve what is your objective And if your objective is quality then this study is going to show that applying potassium didn't do anything so greater root weights were observed and this this is a timing thing this is just differences in times of the year um and then he talks about the malik one potassium level of 30 parts per million probably being the limit so that's the that's the abstract you can get all that for free you don't have to pay a nickel for it just pull it up on the internet go to your library Whatever. And, and you can pull up the abstract. You can get the paper either through the American Society of Agronomy or your your, your libraries usually can pull these up. I remember the old days when I had to go to libraries ages and ages ago. There was really no internet access, and you had to photocopy all these things out of hard co- hard copy journals. All those uh, uh, generally have moved. They've moved away from hard copies nowadays. Um, and generally, it's a more electric. I guess it's less expensive from to produce. I don't know anyway the point is is that you can still go get a lot of the old hard copies from the library so some of these can still be obtained free you don't have to pay anything for it so that's how i would go find it okay so let's get into the paper this is the same exact this abstract is the exact same words as we just read over in the um over in the the internet so we're going to go through this and see what see what they find. The first, as we talked about before, the introduction just sets the stage. Why is this important? Why did the researchers do it? What problem are they trying to solve? And a couple of things I highlighted were typically the second paragraph, typically turf grasses accumulate about twice as much nitrogen as potassium. So these elements are recommended to be applied in a two to one ratio. And this is Al Turgeon's book in 85 that he's citing that said that. Okay. Um, Augustine, who was a at the time, I believe he was a professor down in Fort Lauderdale before Cesar was down there, reported that turf grass managers use relatively large amounts of potassium fertilizer, generally at levels equal to or exceeding the rate of N. So what he's saying is Turgeon was saying it's used in about a two to one ratio, and generally we want to apply it in about a two to one ratio. But an observation made by another faculty member down in South Florida saying some of these guys are applying potassium well in excess of one to one to uh, one, you know, nitrogen to potassium, one to three or one to four. I've seen one to tens and pure potassium, 100 percent potassium. And so he's setting the stage. This is this is there's a there's a difference in what uh, the literature says versus what we're seeing in the in pra- practice. OK, OK. Um, Use of high K rates may have been prompted by reports that K improved disease resistance, drought, heat, and wear tolerance. So there's um, reports of this. Um, some of the excessive amounts of potassium may have been a result of people being convinced that this would result in some beneficial um, reduction in ter- disease uh, or or increase in drought resistance and so forth. So that's that's why he's saying they did that so keep going peacock who i believe is at nc state been there for ages i believe he was at uf at the time when he did this uh, reported no and impro- so he's talking about other people's work it reported no improvement in turf quality color rooting or cold tolerance in bermuda grass as a result of increasing rates of k so this peacock 97 paper applied increasing rates of k and didn't see any again didn't see any improvement in turf quality color rooting and cold resistance so we can pull that peacock paper and read that one if we want to have more information about that Snyder and Cesar which we uh, we went over this paper I believe found that increasing potassium beyond an indicated fertilizer ratio of two to one had no effect on Bermuda grass appearance so we're seeing and there are studies that show some benefit to potassium it doesn't it it, it it exists okay but there are studies that show a large majority of studies show no benefit to applying potassium and those that do show that, um, applying in to K, K potassium about a, uh, half the amount of nitrogen generally will be what your, the most effective application of potassium. Yes, there are exceptions to those rules, particularly on putting greens and so forth, but in general, that's what he's saying. Okay, and that's what he's he's showing other people have found the same thing so far. Okay, um, Beard and Reiki in 66 stated that turf grass winter survival was maximal when K rates were about one half the N rate. So even in '66, they're saying with if there if there is a winter survival influence, I don't know which turfgrass. Uh, I'll have to pull this paper in '66. They're saying that again, half the rate of in potassium applied at half the rate of in gave them the maximal turfgrass survival from from winter survival. Okay. So he's setting, this again, he's setting the stage. Down here, one last little thing. Snyder and Cesar in 1990 found no Bermuda grass growth response to various K sources. So that paper we haven't gone over, that has to do with Slower These Potassium Sources. That was a very early paper when Slower These Potassium started coming on, well, was initially, you know, started being manufactured. And they didn't find any benefit to the, dif- the any differences between the potassium sources, uh, which is generally what you will find. You won't see a difference in potassium sources. Um... Between potassium chloride and potassium sulfate, in in general, assuming that sulfur is sufficient, we're going to see something in this this paper that is different than that, and that's going to be we're going to explain that. Okay, and then the last paragraph in most introductions will be the hypothesis. Although the effects of potassium on uh, on turf grass has been studied for decades, there is no consensus among turf grass managers as to the proper K fertilization program. This research was undertaken. So the research on this paper was undertaken to evaluate the influence of K rate, source on, and source on Bermuda grass shoot growth rate, root density, visual quality, and tissue K concentrations. Now, as a as a practitioner, as or as a scientist, I'm interested in all these things, r- roots and you know growth rate and all these things. But as a practitioner, you have to ask yourself so, which ones you're most interested in. Is it visual quality? Is it growth rate? If you're if you're um, managing um, thoroughbred racetracks or you're managing nfl turf grass fields you might want growth rate to be your greatest priority right visual quality might be secondary in that example so you have to ask yourself and then as we go through this you're going to see some of these variables are influenced by potassium and some are not so keep that in mind so we're going to briefly explain what he did in the materials and methods it was a three-year study in gainesville florida from 96 uh, during May '96 and established um, Tif Great Bermuda grass growing on an aerodondo fine sand. So Malik One extractable K prior to treatment application was 17. So now I know on this particular site because this is actually where I did my graduate research. He was Dr. Sartain was actually doing this work while I when I started my masters and he, he was finishing it up and published it while I was still there in my PhD. Um, this particular location Malik One and Malik Three potassium has been correlated very well so i know or i have some confidence that a malic 1 of 17 is going to be somewhere around 20 no more than maybe 25 malic 3 potassium something around that number okay it's going to be slightly more than malik 1 but it's not you know five times that so what i'm saying that is is this is indeed a low case soil by most soil test uh, interpretation um philosophies so he's doing this study on a site that is likely to show a response to applied potassium according to the established philosophies on soil soul testing okay um so two k sources kcl and Kso so potassium chloride and potassium sulfate were applied at eight rates so he's talking two sources eight rates and duh, 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 since only one 90 day cycle was evaluated 90 K were applied one of those so they just explains what he did there so there's two sources and eight rates, and he wants to know the, these all these different variables, how those influence the different variables, okay? Now, this is going to be important in the next part. Nitrogen was applied at 4.9 grams per meter squared. Now, in the past, we've talked about 49 kilograms per hectare being one pound. 4.9 grams per meter squared is the same thing as 49 kilograms per hectare. So 49 kilograms per hectare is one pound per thousand square feet. So in this case, four point nine grams is one pound per thousand square feet. That's what you're familiar with. So nitrogen was applied at one pound every month with either ammonium sulfate or ammonium nitrate. Okay, so why are there two different nitrogen sources? To, to balance the quantity of sulfur applied, ammonium uh, applied ammonium nitrate was used on the K the potassium sulfate plots, and ammonium sulfate was used on the potassium chloride plots so what he did here when in the, he, he attempted he was doing the right thing he was attempting to account for the potential influence of the sulfate from the potassium sulfate because as we will find out and actually i'm writing that paper right now is that sulfate can result in a response very similar to nitrogen on low sulfate soils okay so in those cases if we applied potassium sulfate only and then applied potassium chloride only and we saw a response to the potassium sulfate we might not we wouldn't know if the response was due solely to the potassium so we have to balance out the sulfate and he did this using ammonium sulfate okay so that's that's one reason why we want to make sure we publish all this stuff because if you're just going to do an observation you're going to do a field trial and you're going to apply potassium sulfate versus nothing and you see a response to it you're going to be convinced that it's from the potassium more than likely when in reality we don't know if it's from the potassium or the sulfate we have no idea because we didn't balance one or the other they're they're applied equally so that's what he was trying to do and in reality what's going to happen is he kind of mess he thinks he messed up the the results slightly but he explains that, so we have to read that within that context. Okay, so we're going to go to the soil um, extractable PK calcium magnesium visual qual oh the quantities. So the visual quality ratings were based on a one to nine scale. Uh, we're taken twice monthly, and the quality ratings of nine represented superior quality, and five and a half was minimally acceptable. So the reason I'm going to sh- I want to point that out sometimes um, minimally acceptable is six um in this case he had the minimum acceptable as 5.5 5. okay so the argument can be made that um oh did, let's say you have two uh, two plots and they're right next to each other and you say okay well this plot looks slightly better than that plot let's say this plot is a seven and that plot is a 6.5 okay so there's, let's let's say they were you could see the difference between those um the argument can be made who cares if they're both acceptable if you prefer the seven if you prefer slightly greater quality then that's a priority that's that's fine but if you're just simply looking to provide your clientele or your coaches or your members with an acceptable level of turf grass and that's and that six and a half is acceptable to them if that's okay with them then there's there's no need to really, worry about doing more applying more it's already acceptable so in his case five and a half was acceptable so anything greater than five and a half is you know we have to discuss is it is that a priority for you do you really want to spend the money to get higher or not a a greater quality or not the point is minimally acceptable is just that It's it's the it's generally accepted as the acceptable level of quality for most settings and anything any differences that exist above that are you know, it's up to the observer to determine whether or not you really want to have it look that much better, you know, because it's all acceptable. Hey Lush. You're such <laughs> you're such a geek. I love this stuff. Okay, well, I mean <laughs> I don't know what that makes me, I guess I'm a geek too, because um, you know. I, 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 enjoy, I enjoy going back through this. It's in, This this whole process has encouraged me to go back through these and read these things. I haven't read these papers in ages. So, All right, let's get to the results. Okay, shoot growth rate varied with case source and year. So right now, from the very beginning, we're talking about shoot growth rate, and he starts off the paragraph by saying the rate of turf grass growth changed when we applied different potassium sources and it changed over time from year to year okay and he talks about the differences but i'm not overly concerned about the differences why it occurred from year to year i'm more interested in the other stuff right on on this particular example in each of the three years potassium chloride treated bermuda grass produced greater growth rates than turf fertilized with potassium sulfate so sometimes you'll run into these Uh, questions online or however well i should apply potassium sulfate because it has a lower burn potential or potassium chloride because it has uh it's less expensive give me one second i got a construction outside my house give me one second i'll be i'll be right back I'm, i'm gonna be back in like five seconds hang on Okay. Sorry. I think it's my neighbor's pressure washer in her deck or something. I don't know. A bunch of noise outside. I had the windows open. Um so the uh you'll have these discussions about or these questions, which one should I apply KCl or potassium sulfate? And what I've always said is that I would use the less expensive source until you have a good reason to switch. You know, I mean there's there's rarely a difference between these sources, okay? In this case, he's saying that the less expensive source, KCL, resulted in greater growth rates than potassium sulfate. However, there's a little catch, and he explains it here. The the K-source effect may have been an artifact of the experimental design and that ammonium sulfate was applied to the KCL plots in order to balance the quantity of sulfur. In previous studies ammonium sulfate produced a more rapid a more rapidly growing bermuda grass than ammonium nitrate and then he cites two studies horn and, and volk so what dr Chartane is saying here is yes we saw that kcl resulted in greater a greater growth rate but please be aware that we had we applied ammonium sulfate only to those plots as we, as opposed to ammonium nitrate on the other plots. And in the past, it has been shown that ammonium sulfate results in greater growth than ammonium nitrate. So we have to read it within that context, is that this is some evidence, okay, that KCl might result in greater growth than uh, potassium sulfate. But I don't have that much confidence in it because there may have been... Um a, a skewness, and there may have been some skewing of the data because the sources of nitrogen were also different okay i think if he had to do it over again he might choose a different sulfate source like calcium sulfate or something I'm, i think you know you end up throwing some of the other cations out when you apply calcium sometimes potassium leaches and so forth so that's that's probably what he was thinking when he used ammonium sulfate but it's hard to balance everything out without the other ca- uh uh Um, counter-ion screwing things up. Okay. The quantity of applied potassium influenced tifway Bermuda grass shoot growth rate in all three years, but only data for 97 and 98 are presented in figure one. Okay. So here's figure one right above us. So when we see, so this, this back one here is 98 and the front bars are the first year. So 97 and the back ones are 98. And then you're going to see the, um, statistics over here. And what this is saying basically is that in 97, which is the front bars, we didn't see any additional increases once we got any, um, sorry, any additional increases once we got to 147 so this would be like two and a half pounds every three months. I wonder if there's a way I can highlight this or something. I don't really know. Let me look. I guess not. Oh, no, maybe right here. So what they're saying is that these are all the same. There was no increases once once those once the fourteen point seven was reached in the first year. In the second year. We, we didn't see any, all these are the same, right? We didn't see any increases once 9.8 was reached, okay? We saw gradual increases below those, below those, those rates. So, um, every three months, basically he applied two pounds a K every three months. And when he applied more and more, he didn't see any additional increase in growth. Okay. That's going to be critical because um, we see that a lot in virtually every every study we do. Once we hit a certain le- limit of potassium, we, we keep applying more and more. There's no point. Okay. All right. Contract. Da, da, da. Okay. Applied. Revealed differences in growth rate up to approximately, that's what I just said, 9.8. 9.8. So two pounds. Appli- applications of additional potassium beyond two pounds every three months did not increase shoot growth rate a total of 4.9 was applied da, 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 da. Um, and this equates to an in decay equ- application ratio of 1.5 to 1. okay so we're still not down to a one to one i know there's a lot of one to ones going out and a one to twos going out and all these other things in this study in a previous study we talked about a two to one there's been several studies talk, talk about two to one in this study he actually found that it was around 1.5 to one so that'd be like um, a what would that be like a twenty o fifteen or something like that or thirty o twenty or something around those numbers, okay? You couldn't make it thirty o twenty, but thirty well whatever. You see my point is like it's one point five to one in this study. Uh, use some term. Okay, Snyder and Cesar reported a similar response to indicate fertilization ratios on Tiff Green growing in Helena fine sand in South Florida. So what he's saying is somebody else also found something similar to this. I think their number is around two to one, but 1. 1.5 to one, two to one is where we're seeing the maximum amount of response and growth rate. Okay. Shoot tissue K. Now, before I go on here, I I, I believe shoot tissue analysis, it will at some point in the future be useful for practitioners. I don't know how useful it is today. I mean, there's there's clearly examples where knowing what's in the tissue would definitely help guide your your management practices in some specific cases um but generally the error and the variation is so great that i, I probably i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend doing that especially if it's with a company that's not associated with university i don't know where those guys get their um recommendations from i know i've done hundreds if not thousands of tissue samples and i can tell you with some confidence although i haven't published it yet that the variation occurs based on season it occurs um based on uh, element it occurs based on type of turf i mean it it varies all over creation so um to have one number and then say we you should hit this number I, i don't know if that's the wise thing to do so anyway having said that tiff tiffway tissue k concentrations varied with potassium rate and year so he tells you right from the beginning potassium um, in the tissue did change according to um, as we increased potassium greater tissue k concentrations were observed in 97 98 possibly because of greater growth rate in 98 caused a dilution effect now we talked about the dilution effects last time where in the summertime oftentimes people have the assumption that you're going to see greater amount of nutrients in the tissue concentration in the tissue because you're fertilizing say in the spring and early in the summer and oftentimes it's the exact opposite because it's growing so fast it dilutes the, the concentration of the elements within the tissue and that's what he's saying could have caused that right in this in this case uh two uh, greater applied potassium rates did not further increase tissue case so above above, above 9.8 So two pounds every three months, we didn't see further increases in tissue K. And that's down here, tissue K. So here's the 9.8, which is what he's talking about. Here's all the values above 9.8 in both years. We don't see these differ within each year. okay. We see these differ here. We see as you're going down this, we see that change okay but once you hit 9.8 there's no sense in continuing to apply more because you're not going to get more in the tissue you're not going to get the turf to grow faster okay it's it's just not going to happen keep in mind all this is on low case soils on his soil low case soil in north florida is where this happened okay um oh maximum shoot oh i, I did that wait where am i i in i thought i was doing tissue Shoot tissue K maximum shoot growth rate was why is he doing shoot growth rate in tissue K maximum shoot growth rate was achieved at nine point eight suggesting that the application of additional K does not enhance shoot growth rate or potassium uptake and he says here apparently tifway Bermuda grass does not exhibit luxury consumption of potassium and high K to N ratios were not beneficial okay um so that's just i don't know something to talk about if you if you want to talk about it, we can but this luxury consumption thing i don't i don't i don't i, I must i don't even know how that even came up somebody who knows where it came up from but um i wouldn't i wouldn't buy and apply potassium because you think it's going to luxury consume it and use it at some point in the future i mean it definitely there's definitely research that shows that it does uh take up more potassium than it uses but there's research that shows it takes up iron greater than it uses and manganese greater than it uses it so um you know don't get overly convinced that that's a reason to to apply more potassium okay um did the potassium rate did not okay we're talking about root growth potassium rate did not significantly influence root dry weight figure three a june sampling in 96 and 97 revealed no potassium effect on root growth rate data didn't not shown so when you say data not shown there's no difference okay he could show the data if he wanted to but there's no difference between them so i don't know how many times i've heard this where you got to apply more potassium increase the root length or increase the root growth and, da, da, da. and occasionally you might find something occasionally but in this particular case with bermuda grass on low case soils he found no benefit in terms of root growth to applying potassium there was there's um no reason and it, he goes into it a little bit in this the why people sometimes think that but um these the finding presented in this study suggests that there is a there is limited influence of applied potassium on Tifway Bermuda grass root growth even when the turf grass is growing in a sandy soil with limited. Cation exchange capacity and an inability to retain potassium against leaching loss. Now, (laughs) that is a great sentence. All right. That is fantastic. He started off on a soil that is likely to result in a potassium response or response to potassium. It is sandy soil. It's an erodontal fine sand. It is prone to leaching. It doesn't retain potassium or any cation very well against the movement of water downward. Okay. In other words, even if it's low, you might have a soil that could retain some of the potassium that's applied. But in this case, it's low and it can't retain it very well. It's basically pure sand. It's not an over-exaggeration, but it's a lot of sand. And he's saying even in this case, root growth was not affected by the application of potassium okay it, it, it you don't see it that frequently in terms of the ins, its influence on root growth okay it just it just doesn't happen that frequently okay so let's move on to the next thing and here you see root growth root root dry weight so this is the dry weight he he didn't report um, on root growth he he reported on root dry dry weight. And here you can see all these are, are statistically the same. Okay, biologically and statistically, these are all the same number. Nothing changed in terms of root weight. Zero versus the rest is non-significant. So he's saying that this one versus all the rest are the same. So you can apply, if you're looking at increasing the root growth, uh, the root weight, if for some reason that's your priority, I don't know why it would be, but if that's your priority with Bermuda grass and North Florida on this soil, Applying more and more potassium isn't going to do anything other than just burn a hole in your pocket, okay? So you're not going to see that, more than likely, you're not going to see that on in, in conditions that existed in this study, okay? Here's the root dry weight. This is has to do with the, the timing. I'm, I'm not really going to go into that, basically, but he's talking about the root dry weight was greater in these spring months rather than the fall months. Um, but let's get to the quality ratings. Because I think that's probably I don't know why you put this at the end, but quality ratings are generally what people really bank on. Um, that's that's really what we want to know. Um, that's generally how our clientele will evaluate our you know worth is you know is is my are they making my turf look look acceptable or not in quality? Quality ratings, very first sentence. Quality ratings were not influenced by potassium in any year on. A soil that started at 17 parts per million Malik one, and they applied up to how many? What's the highest rate? What was the highest rate? So 36.8. So it'd be 2 four. I'm not quick, like quick in math. Who's who's quick in math? Who can divide 36.8 by by 4.9? 36.8 divided by 4.9 up to seven and a half pounds of in every three months okay and the quality ratings did not change at all from applying none to applying seven and a half every three months so if you're on an eight week application cycle if you're a long care operator and you're on an ap- eight week application cycle this would kind of fit your cycle every three months you do it every two months rather than every three months but Sort of in in your uh, logistical program is application every two months. They're doing an application every three months. And if you're applying a lot of potassium on Bermuda grass in North Florida, make sure I understand it's within the conditions of the study that I'm talking about. They didn't see any benefit to it. (laughs) Okay. In terms of quality, the quality didn't change. So don't expect and don't tell your customers oh yeah, this potassium is going to increase this or it's going to increase that and it's going to look better. It's unlikely. It's very unlikely that's going to happen. Turfgrass quality remained high throughout the study period. Mean quality ratings range from 6.7 to 6.9 with a coefficient. Okay, that's statistics stuff. So what he's saying is the average was a full point above the minimum. Minimum was 5.5, remember? And he's saying the average quality was well above the minimum acceptable. okay. Somewhat lower ratings were recorded early in the growing season, but at no time was there, in, was there an improvement in visual quality related to potassium applications. Okay. He says the growth rate increased, but it did not re- translate into a visual improvement in quality. So in other words, the gra- they did measure an increase in growth rate, but it didn't, it didn't change the quality. Quality still stayed relatively the same to other to other potassium treatments. Again, Peacock ninety seven also did not observe an improvement in tiff green quality in response to potassium fertilizer. Snyder and Cesar, however, reported an improvement in turf grass quality in response to K, which mainly was due to the poor performance of Bermuda grass on plots receiving no potassium. So in that that particular study they're talking about, there was an intent to reduce the potassium so low um, from the beginning, prior well prior to the beginning, um, such that the no K treatment uh, was so low that it actually resulted in an unacceptable quality of the, of turf in the Cesar in the Snyder Cesar two thousand study. If if that's if I remember my remember correctly, having spoken to them about that study, I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what they did. The lack of response to potassium on TIF-Wake Quality may be related to the return of the clippings. Now, this is critical. Clippings were returned in this study, but were removed in the Snyder study. Okay. In previous studies on we a growth in quality response to potassium was observed on plots where clippings were removed. Okay. The influence of potassium in quality was most often been reported as Okay. So, what they're saying is, in the Snyder and Cesar study, they removed all the clippings. So, essentially, you're harvesting the potassium and all the nutrients out of the soil, and you're taking it off-site. And over time, especially on low-case soils and soils that are not, um, that that don't contain potassium-bearing minerals. So there's no source of potassium constantly moving into the solution. If you're removing the potassium constantly, you'll eventually deplete the potassium down to the point where you'll see a turf, the turf deficient in it. Okay, and the Snyder and Cesar study, they removed clippings, keeping the potassium as low, depleting it. In this study, they didn't. They just left the clippings on the plot, so they're recycling the nutrients back. They pull the soil, the, the nutrients out of the soil into the tissue, does its job in the tissue, and then when they cut it, they just leaves it on the soil surface, and it um, degrades back down into the soil. And you'll find that in, in many, many studies where the re, um, the removal of, pata- of, of leaf tissue can oftentimes uh, result in a different response than if you just leave the leaf, t- leaf tissue on on site. Okay. Soil pH, malic one extractable nutrient levels prior to treatment applications were within optimal range, except for K, and that's when I don't again put this at the end. Normally, I would put that at the beginning, but soil chemical properties and she the K seventeen parts per million, malic one K, and you see all the other um, nutrients were sufficient sufficient levels according to the existing interpretations of malic one. Okay, getting down to the end here, the no growth or tissue K response was observed. When the application of a K was 9.8 or greater, so two pounds per uh, th- every three months or greater, there was no growth or tissue K response, and the malic one extractable K level for at that at the rate was 31 and 47 milligrams per kilogram soil, so 31 parts per million and 47 parts per million. These findings suggest that current interpretation of Malik 1 soil test results for Bermuda grass may not be correct and that sufficient Malik 1 extractable potassium levels should be adjusted downward to possibly as low as 30 parts per million. Now, at the time, the University of Florida soil testing lab only used Malik 1. They didn't do Malik 3. The conversion occurred, I think, in the early 2000s from Malik 1 to Malik 3 at the soil testing lab there in Gainesville. Um, so at the time Malik one was, was exclusively used, um, by that lab. And so this is a small piece. This isn't a correlation or calibration study, but this is a small piece of information that can guide future work. If there was a calibration needed or desired, uh, in North Florida, because he's saying right now from this study, that Malik one is probably somewhere around 30. You, in other words, if you were greater than 30 Malik one, then you're probably not going to see a response to applying potassium. And so you can start future studies from that benchmark. You can have a couple of rates below thirty or soils below thirty and have some soils above thirty and kind of start that. so let's wrap this up with the conclusions. when a critical minimum k tissue concentration was achieved, approximately one okay this is an error one point five milligrams per kilogram tissue that that's that's a mistake I don't. Additional, this is not right. One point five milligrams. That should be, that should be fifteen grams per kilogram. Let me go back up here and look. Yeah, tissue K grams per kilogram. Yeah, around yeah fourteen point two and sixteen. What was the, What did the abstract say? Did it say it in the abstract? Maybe it didn't say it in the abstract. Well, regardless, I, th- yeah, th- this is Yeah, th- this is an error. Approx- this should say approximately fifteen grams per kilogram. Because at one point five milligrams would be like point zero 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 something one five percent or something. <laughs> Anyway, approximately this should be one point five percent or fifteen grams per kilogram. So, I'm sorry if I'm reading that incorrectly. I don't want to be wrong on this, but I'm if I'm re- I'm pretty sure that's correct. Um, when a critical minimum K tissue concentration was achieved, approximately, this should say 1.5%, which we don't really use too much in scientific literature. We'll use grams per kilogram. It should say 15 grams per kilogram tissue. Additional K does not result in additional additional K uptake, shoot growth rate, or improved visual quality or root growth in tifway Bermuda grass. So the 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 reason why, and, and this—I mean, it's good information. They're saying that if the tissue K is greater than one and a half percent. Then you're not going to see any additional K uptake shoot growth rate da da, da. And, that, and that's fine for us as scientists. Okay, I mean I, I, I don't I don't mind that. It's just that when this goes out into the scientific literature and now it's out there forever, this can this can be interpreted by. Uh, tissue testing labs as saying okay this is the critical limit one and a half percent potassium so if any tissue comes in below one and a half percent potassium then we're going to that's going to trigger a recommendation to apply potassium okay that that can be rightfully interpreted by these results or by these conclusions but the problem i have is that 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 1.5 percent is going to vary it's very likely going to vary throughout the year is that one and a half percent in june or is it one and a half percent in december or you know february or whatever you know i'm not saying we can't be achieved that we can use those those percentages but we need we need to be careful that we don't just you you know across the board say one and a half percent potassium is enough for for Bermuda grass and anything less we need to apply potassium we need to be careful with that so don't i wouldn't use it in that fashion okay um Monthly variations in root dry weight were observed, but applications of potassium did not result in additional root growth. The critical malic 1 extractable level of soil potassiums appeared to be near 30 parts per million. Information collected through, through so K rates in excess of point, here it is the last one that K rates in excess of 0.5 to 0.6 times that of n and one pound for a month of n. Do not result in addition tissue K shoot growth, shoot or root growth, or enhanced visual quality. So what he's saying, just like the other studies we've shown, is that a N to ratio of somewhere around one point five or two to one is where we're going to um, is where we're we're likely going to see the maximum uh, response, and we're not going to see any greater response beyond that to any extent any any meaningful extent anyways is 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 kind of the take home message in that conclusion okay so if you all can you know walk away with one thing it would be on low k soils this is not a this was not a soil that is you know 60 parts per million may three potassium or 70 or 80 you know 90 or whatever or higher this was one that was very low okay let's say uh, let's say 40 parts per million potassium malic three I, I, it was 17 malik one let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say it was 40 malik three okay it's probably quite lower than that it's probably like i said 20 or 25 something like that but let's say it's 40. even in that case they still did not see a response to applying potassium in terms of turf quality turf quality didn't change Okay. So there's not a great deal of confidence. I don't have a great deal of confidence to recommend potassium uh on many settings. And one reason is this paper of Bermuda grass cuz even when it's low applying potassium didn't increase turfgrass quality, didn't help us at all in terms of quality. Okay. So keep that in mind as you plan your programs for the, this coming fall. Um, you know, Potassium is not free. Yes, it's cheap or used to be cheap. Um, But if you're questioning whether or not, you know, your, your, your program, your nutrient program is as effective or as efficient as it can be, and you have potassium in your program at greater than a two to one, then this is certain you're on Bermuda grass or you're on, you know, in, in Florida somewhere. This is relevant information to you. This gives me some confidence that hey, if I'm using, I'm putting out a fifteen o fifteen on Bermuda grass, and my, my my budget is tight, I'm going to become more efficient. This is certainly a piece of information that would, you know, help convince me to maybe back it down to a two to one or even eliminate it, which is what I say. I say start from zero, eliminate it completely, and apply nitrogen. And then when you see a turf grass deficiency, a potassium deficiency. Uh, you confirm that okay it is a potassium deficient the soil is low okay then you can move the potassium up rather than moving it down okay basically opt out of or i guess it would be opt in whatever you, you eliminate all potassium and then you know choose to include it when you have a good reason being a turf a potassium deficiency or, or a potassium deficiency observed or and you and you and you confirm that with a soil test that would be a good reason to do that that's all i got guys Tomorrow, we're going to be doing um, some cool-season starter fertilizer uh, papers. Okay, There's a couple of papers in there that I want to go over about cool-season starter fertilizers that contain high phosphorus and whether or not there's any benefit to those. Um, So Look forward to that tomorrow. Until then, I hope you all have a great day, and I'll see you all tomorrow. Have a good day. Bye.